With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Breaking news. LeBron is a Laker. Clippers team will win a championship this year. Paul George, corner three. Yes, sir! Bryant has to put it up with the buzzer. Backs it in! Ha-ha! He backs in the three! And the Lakers win the game! Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points and Blue Wire Networks. Uh, as usual, Tomeris Arley here, your Clippers beat writer for Clutch Points. And as always, Ryan Ward, our Lakers beat writer for Clutch Points here. Uh, we've entered week two of the NBA hiatus. Today's day one of week two. Um, and there was some news coming down today. Before, before we get into that, I wanted to introduce our guest for today, Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report and Basketball Insiders. Does great work for both of them. Eric, thank you for joining us today. Of course, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Of course. I, I know there's, there's, there's so much going on, so I, I, I appreciate you putting time aside for us. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, thank you. Yeah, no. I mean, it's not like there is a lot going on. Like, there's nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so how, how have the first week been for you? I mean, it, it it feels like it's been two months for me, but uh, it's only been a week. How's it been for you? Uh, well, it's been uh, a little stressful on on my end because I was uh, at the Boston Celtic game versus the Utah Jazz, and I was in the Jazz locker room. I, I specifically went to the Jazz locker room to catch up with Jordan Clarkson, uh, who, of course, you know, I... We covered in L.A. for a while, so uh-huh. he was sharing a locker right next to Donovan Mitchell. So when the news came out that Gobert, Gobert had it, I was like, okay, I'm in danger, but at least I didn't even see Gobert in the locker room, so maybe I'm okay. And then came out shortly later that Donovan Mitchell had it, and I'm like, thought about it. from like, yeah, I was about you know 10 feet away from him. Uh, but then Jordan Clarkson didn't come down with it, and uh, so far so good. It's almost two weeks from that, but then, of course, we got the news that bunch of nets had it and i was at that game lakers nets so i don't know i have to check my clock now and just so i really don't go outside much i do walk the dog uh on occasion uh, pretty much every day but basically i've been out of out of the house self-quarantining as as best i can that's that's good to hear so you're not showing any symptoms you're good right you're in the clear for now uh for now yeah i mean allergy season but other than that uh just trying to keep (laughs) keep myself calm and busy and you know there i'm actually you know, I, I joked about not being busy. I actually have been pretty busy. I've been writing a lot of articles, doing a lot of different shows, and then catching up on stuff around the house, projects, and spending time with the family. It's, it's good for, you know, a couple of weeks. 
if this mm-hmm. is like the next six months, then you know we might pull out our own hair. But right. uh, you know, I don't. That that's really the you know not even the million dollar question, the multi billion dollar question of when does this quarantine period for basically the world end? Okay, well, why don't you just go into it and tell us when when you think. Um, it could end because we've seen reports that this could uh, we, we could start the regular season back up in July in June and, and head to August playoff wise, um, but then that would require maybe not playing many regular season games, if any, uh, mainly for the playoffs. Uh, where do you think that goes? Well, I think you start. You know, my my focus in what I do is more on the economics of the league, and when you look at it from that point of view, the league has uh, they don't want to not show their games on TV. That's really their their main partners. That's where the bulk of the income comes from, both local and national TV, and it would be best if nothing was canceled, of course. Right. So uh, there is the other aspect where it's quite costly to do games without fans. Uh, that, would, that would be a problem, but it's not as significant a problem financially as losing the games and whatnot. So I think what the league would like to do, and we'll have to wait and see. And I don't know if y'all saw uh, Adam Silver on, on Rachel Nichols show I did, yes. uh, on ESPN. And mm-hmm. like they, they want to get this thing going. He's not ready to accept that it's not going to happen. So from like a contractual point of view, the way that the league works, the way that the collective bargaining agreement works is that player contracts roll over on June 30th at the end of the day to July 1st. As of July 1st, now anyone who was in the last year of their deal, they're free agents. Uh, anyone who's getting paid the money this year, their money rolls over to the next year. And so like, there's a soft deadline by the end of, of June, but at the same time, the owners of the teams and the players union can renegotiate something outside of the rules. And that's very possible. So we could see this go beyond that deadline. We could see everything pushed back from the draft to free agency, summer league, uh, obviously the finals, everything pushed way back is back as far as August or September even. So you think it's realistic that they start they start up the league again, whether or not just going straight into the playoffs or playing a few regular season games and then going to the playoffs in like June and then and then possibly starting the season again like on Christmas Day? Right. I, I think this impacts next season. I really do. I, I think next season, if, if things go as – I mean, look, it would be great if we – could all turn around tomorrow and just get back to life. But there doesn't seem to be any expectation that this is going to be, re- be resolved in the next six to eight weeks at best. And then really, if you ask people who are either realistic or pessimistic, July, right? So uh, in a perfect world, this all goes away. But that's not where we're at, unfortunately. So uh, you push back everything. And uh, you know, there was some talk. I w- when I was in Boston, I was at the MIT Sloan Conference. And the big conversation there, one of the panels was, what, what's the future? How can you change the NBA for the better? Put everything on the table and let's just brainstorm. And I think his name was Steve Coonan, who's like an executive with the Hawks, said that the league should really start in August, or rather finish in August. They should start around December, around Christmas. And really after the, the bulk of the NFL season is done, you, you have a little bit of playoffs, but that... At that point, you've only got a few games here and there. You know, Super Bowl the week off, maybe the the final, you know, the conference finals, whatever they call it in that other sport. Uh, and then 
have the NBA start on Christmas around Christmas, which is really when most people uh, who aren't diehard NBA fans and diehard NBA people, that's when they start paying attention anyway. So it, it's an idea. And then finish up later, and that would mean everything is delayed. You do the draft later, you do free agency, you do trades, all this stuff later, later, later. And the next season starts. So I don't think there was serious momentum to get that done. But I think it's a discussion that has has been taking place. You know, Adam Silver is very progressive and open to new ideas. And then, you know, this sort of sort of pushes their hand towards that. If it's going to happen anyway, naturally, organically, maybe this is the time to make these dramatic changes. Also, because it's very rare for the players and the, the players union and the league to sit down together to have extensive negotiation the only time they really do that is when there's a new collective bargaining agreement this is they're clearly going to have to sit down because neither the league can't just postpone things like this without the players agreeing so if they're already going to be negotiating that maybe this is the time to enact more significant long-term maybe even permanent change well so there's a chance this will be a long-term NBA season thing change than just uh, you know changing this year and changing next year. I, I don't know if it's likely, but I think it's very very possible. It's a good opportunity to do it, right? I mean, it's if it's going to be forced that way anyway, or is a good chance of it. Might as well just continue on, or at least roll the dice, right? Give it a try. Right. I mean, the sixty-six game season was well taken by the league by the players. The only thing, you know, this is when we had the lockout some time back. It felt like a better number than eighty-two. But the problem there is that you're losing games. So how do you make up that income? So there's the idea of the midseason tournaments and all these other ideas. But if we're already losing money right now, maybe maybe that's okay. Maybe now's the time to to make the change. But you also have a third party, which is really multiple third parties, which is the the media partners, right? So you have ESPN slash ABC. You have TNT and all of their uh, and, you know NBA TV is part of that. Uh, and then you have all of the local networks and then we also have the other issue another party altogether is the arenas right arena avail- availability so uh one possibility is that they don't even use arenas if and when we resume without fans because you don't necessarily need fan you don't need a gigantic arena when there are no fans so were they they were talking about the the what the practice facilities yeah well like you have you have either of you been to uh a south bay lakers game or a defenders game back when it was at the old facility no. Uh, I, no, well, it, no. those are, are a lot of fun and they're just tiny and small, uh, events that are, you know, 300 people in the stands and the stands aren't even wow. the stands. They're just like, just chairs. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, the, the Clippers in, in the Al, uh, Caliente Clippers, the, the ones that play in Ontario, they play in an actual arena. Uh, and so it's, it's not a, a good comparison, but, uh, the Lakers, they just, it's just a small group. It's very intimate. The games are fun to watch. It's really fun to be there. Uh, unfortunately for the fans, they, they, they won't be able to be there, and you'd only have like 300 fans uh, available. I forget what their exact capacity is, but in that neighborhood. And so uh, why not? They have experienced shooting games there, right? True. Uh, from, and, and so you, you go case by case. Uh, it becomes a question of how do you limit the number of people that are are there because think about you have 15 players per team and they're practicing and so they need to be quarantined essentially to be able to be active because you can't risk one player breaking out of that and their family member or something 
uh, you know, one player gets it, then another player gets it. Now they're shut down again, and, and then it's a whole other thing. Right. But then you also have to extend that to the coaching staffs and the trainers and uh, the game ops, the game ops people, the referees, uh, the cameramen, and any sort of broadcast. So it, it becomes a very – this is why this thing is spreading so – rapidly as you think about you know the degrees of separation we have and and how many people we you know not physically but how many people we touch in connection in just our industry which is just one of you know many and this is a it it becomes logistically very difficult you know i was you know just messing around with ideas it's like uh, the virus theoretically they believe is less um contagious in hotter climates and when you get to like summertime, like Las Vegas is really hot. And so maybe in theory, like quarantine, the, you know, there's no, the hotels are shut down anyway, like quarantine the, the players in these environments and just go to like one arena. And, you know, I, I, you'd have to figure out how to do that on the broadcast. Right. But it's not like anyone's working. So like just show the games during the day, kind of like summer league, how uh, it's just game after game. I, it, this is just you know my thought. I don't I don't know if that's a practical one, but it does eliminate the need to travel, right? Because teams would have to travel from place to place. That's crazy to to think about games in Vegas with no casinos open. That's like that's a terrible situation for somebody <laughs> who loves Vegas, right? Like be trapped in Vegas, but you can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, but you know, you're making millions of dollars to play basketball, and and you're yeah, able they, to yeah. you know salvage all that. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, I meant more for selfish reasons. Say if the media can cover it. If you're if you're a gambling, uh, if you're someone who likes to gamble, that would be torture. Like you're in Vegas and you literally can't gamble because the whole place shut down. That's that's got to be difficult. <laughs> well, I do wonder what they're going to do with with us, though. I wonder how they're going to handle us. Like, are are we mm-hmm. going to have any access? Uh, until this thing gets back to normal or is it going to be super limited or we do like video conference calls or something like well like the cdc recommendation is no more than 50 people right Right. so okay you've got 30 players and you've got the coaching staffs and you got all you know start that's already subtracting like (laughs) yeah we're screwed right like start right start subtracting like okay the inactive players don't go to the game and uh-huh. maybe you give the coach only one one assistant per game right uh-huh. uh but you still got the table you've got the you know all the all the various parties even to mop up the floor which is a you know i, I was joking the other day unless you want to see like you know a player's doing it like alex caruso javel mcgee like like now that would be mopping down the see. floor <laughs> i mean it'd be hysterical be it'd be fun uh you know visa zubats or whatever uh, but, you know, the media can't be as much as, you know, for me, it's like, of course, we're the priority because this is what we do. Uh, mm-hmm. But I wonder what what it would mean. I mean, if you're, if you're already at the 50 mark, uh, do you go with, uh, you know, a pool reporter? That's kind of what they do when it comes to the uh, referees. Uh, right. the, if there's a controversial call or something, the the referees will to a degree, allow one reporter to come in with one or two questions, and then those answers are released to all reporters. Uh, and it's not, like, for instance, if it was the Los Angeles Times that got the question, it wouldn't be proprietary to the, you know, it wouldn't be the LA Times saying according to sources or whatever. It'd be 
all of us can use it. So that's mm-hmm. that's an idea. Um, oh, I, Nobody's it, it's, gonna it, like that idea. No, I, the, but the there is no good idea. Like it's that's how true. much, how many media? Like okay, so do you limit it to just the beat reporters? Because I think that would be the first inclination of a team, right? So uh, it would be the main outlets, and then but how do you how how do you decide that? Right? Is it does it start with the paper of record, which you know the LA Times would say that's that, but then the you know the the Los Angeles News Group would or whatever they're called right now, they would argue, and then ESPN's going to want to be there, and they're a partner, so they're probably going to get you know they're a league partner, so they're going to get some priority. Uh, and you know you go case by case. Uh, does the NBA dot com writer because they're part of uh, the thing the, the Associated Press is going to be there, and then you get to you know myself, I'm with Bleacher Report, and. Uh, you gentlemen, and and then you get to the international press, and you know before you know it, you got like a, a couple hundred people. Not to mention that everyone's going to be starved for content, so right. it's not like you know in an average game, not everyone goes. And then you have like the big moments where you know it's whatever. There's a a, a, a game where there's you know someone special or you know some momentous occasion. Someone's LeBron's going to pass someone, you know, Michael Jordan, and everyone shows up, uh, or they're playing the the Clippers or uh, you know, or Kawhi does something crazy and whatever. So, you know, everyone shows up for those. In these, everyone's going to show up because no one, every everyone's you know, starving for, for content. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think I think um, to put this nicely, I think there's been a loose requirement to get credentials um, for some arenas for some teams, and I think you could probably tighten that up to a bit to to the teams who cover to the people who cover the teams. Um, on a day-to-day basis, at practice, at games, uh, who actually write out of it. Um, I, I know it wouldn't be seem fair, but like you said, the the, the number of people just add up so quickly, um, just in terms of the media alone. Um, right. I was thinking, you know, maybe maybe they could set set off a section for media to sit if it wasn't an arena-style place where you could just section off a, me- a place for media. Uh, they could sit there, cover the game, and then after the game, they'd obviously give you uh, the podium, a player. And then um, you know you split out media across a big room, maybe just to keep the distance. I don't know. I don't know if that works, um, but I, I don't know. I, I just the NBA. The NBA. The NBA is big in in large part because of the media access and because of the exposure that players have gotten. Um, and so I think that while while obviously the priority is getting back to games, um, they will lose. They will lose a bit. Um, with the lack of access. Now, maybe that's Absolutely. me talking a little bit selfishly, but no. that's just what I think. Well, no, the fans aren't there. So you would argue that we're even more needed to yeah. represent that. Right, right, right. I, I would say, I mean, you know, during the off season, like Eric, you could probably test this on the Lakers side. Like when we get a, an email saying, hey, there's going to be a conference call because they just signed DeMarcus Cousins, right? And then we all chew questions on a, on a call. I think it, that makes more sense than anything, really, because then we can all or there'll be a limited number, of course, but at least we all have a chance to ask questions and, and, and get that audio. Right. And and then get our stories from that. True, true. But I mean, again, you're limited in that they might not pick your question. And, and if it's, you know, but that that's always that's a risk true. in game like at the game, too. But uh, I think. It's easier to assert yourself if you're there, but as opposed to just you know hitting a button to chime where they you know you want to talk. Yeah. Uh, but it's it is something, and and I think that's probably Ryan where we're we're going. In my opinion, I mean, 
because that's just where the world is right now where uh where everything is is either social media text phone call video whatever uh it's just we all need mm-hmm. to to keep our distance from each other which in you know in ways is is bad but that you know there's all these complaints about uh how society is so dependent on these well not dependent but like young younger generation all they do is look at their phones and you know everyone ta- no one no one communicates in person anymore there that's been a complaint of certain people <laughs> and now it's it's an asset because uh for now we've lost the ability to to connect in person just uh, you know especially like my my folks and my my kids were in, and all their grandkids were doing a uh like a, a conference call of some sort to just be together and hang out and that's great uh, but you know, it's obviously we can't do it in person because especially the older generation are, are at higher risk, but, uh, like I said, this will pass, uh, in some way or another. And, you know, I do believe we'll get some version of a season. It's just becomes logistically a nightmare really quickly in how to actually produce that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think there's still a real chance that, uh, things get worse before they get better. And this could delay so far. The, the question is, how long can the, the union wait? How long can the league wait until they pull the plug and just accept millions and really billions and billions of dollars of losses? And then how does that impact the league moving forward? Because there are tremendous salary cap ramifications because the the players are, are and, the, and the league are splitting the money more or less 50-50, give or take. So if you lose uh, $2.4 billion, which is possible... That would reduce the cap by forty million dollars for the next season, and that's that's how the formula works, more or less. Uh, so you're talking about dropping from a projected one fifteen to seventy five million would change everything. Uh, teams that thought they had spending power are now a tax team because uh, the tax would drop with it, the tax line. So, uh, but again, just like we talked about uh, earlier, the league and the and the players can renegotiate anything. They can work out anything. All the rules that we have. I can only go off of what we what we have in writing in the, in the collective bargaining agreement, but I have to also acknowledge that they can do whatever the heck they want. That there's they're not bound to anything, and while they're they'll work within the structure of the document as best they can, they can amend it just for this emergency circumstance. So there's no guessing. Uh, but the players do need to get hit by the economic loss here because that's just how it works. They they're getting paid half of what comes in, and if there's a whole lot less that comes in. The players are, they can't be overpaid and the league isn't going to sit with that. And I don't think as much as the union would like to sit with that, they understand to a degree that they have to work within the bounds of, of their agreement. Wow. Sounds like there's there's ramifications that people haven't even talked about or thought about yet that um, that could be discussed here, that, that are at stake here. <laughs> yeah. um, That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. I talk about um, those things. I, I, someone has to figure that crap out. No, I mean it, it, it. These are all great points. I mean, no, no one. Again, no, no one's really mentioned that 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 um, this really could change the league for a while for 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 next year, and then and then you know, obviously from there on. Um, I wanted to pause real quick to tell you guys about uh, Bet Online. Um, there's currently no NBA, no NHL, no college basketball. Uh, it sucks, and you might think that there's nothing really to bet on right now, but you'd be wrong. Uh, bet Online still has hundreds of places you can wager. Um, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're all open 24 hours a day and they're all online. Sports aren't totally done, there's still things like mixed martial arts, and esports are very much on the rise. If you're into entertainment and you can still bet on American Idol, 
the upcoming elections and primaries, uh, the, the spelling bee, and there's even a Nathan's hot dog eating contest, if that's your sort of thing. Uh, just be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. Um, I wanted to move away a bit, a bit from the, uh, from the uh, hiatus that we have right now because NFL free agency is going on. And um, obviously, this is a basketball podcast, but as we all know, Tom Brady just recently signed with the, or agreed to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it's weird to think of a guy like Tom Brady, who in any other jersey besides a Patriots jersey. And uh, Ryan uh, brought up a good point um, that just what other, what other stars have looked really weird in other, in other jerseys? Um, I I can't think of one more weird than Tom Brady and Buck and the Bucks, but I'll I'll think while while you guys go at it go at it. I Carl Malone in a Lakers jersey still looks weird to me to this day. I still can't get over <laughs> that. It's so strange, man. I can give you an old one and a new one. An old one, of course, and I think this is the obvious one is Michael Jordan in a Wizards uniform, just as ridiculous. Right, yeah. right, like wow. that. Yeah, but uh, Rajon Rondo in a Lakers uniform. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Nobody thinks of that right now, do they? Maybe it's because he's been on like five teams since then. Well, you know, since they he... did a commercial back in the day where like, I forget what it was. Maybe it was Foot Locker or some shoe commercial. Yeah, where yeah. they had Rondo in Lakers gear and he made fun of the idea of, of like never or something <laughs> like that. I forget what the exact bit was. But yeah, I mean, Patrick Ewing played for Seattle, I think. It's like yeah. hard to remember, you know. like That's right. Uh, yeah, Steve Nash still as a Laker. That, that's weird. I'm I'm glad that you know Kobe, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, I'm forgetting a few others, uh, but that it's very rare to get somebody play 20 years in the same same franchise. That's extremely unlikely, but it's it's special when it does happen. And there's D Wade, who almost could have done that right with Miami, and then he went to what Chicago, and then the Cavs. The Cavs was weird, just didn't Cavs look right. Weird. At least with Chicago, I think he was—he's from Chicago, right? So he had yeah, home, that makes yeah. sense. That wasn't weird. Hometown but. thing. The Cavs yeah. one looked weird. The Cavs one looked really weird. Um, yeah. Trying to think of uh, yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay and, and and Tom Brady look probably the weirdest to me. Like, it's not gonna look right at all. It's it's gonna be like um, Joe Montana when he went to the Chiefs. I didn't even know he played for the Chiefs. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? Like, but I mean, he was actually still pretty good. With the Chiefs, but uh, I mean, he didn't win anything. Shaq in any uniform other than a Laker uniform is still pretty weird, except Orlando, Orlando, and and Los Angeles. But like Boston, Phoenix, Cleveland, that one year too. Yeah, I mean, okay, Miami. I, I mean, yeah, you can argue Miami. Miami's yeah, fine. give him Miami. Yeah, he won a title there. But so. yeah, but the rest of them, it's like I don't know. He he traveled quite a bit towards the end there. I didn't think he was going to be one of those players either. I thought he would be two franchises or three franchises, and that's it. Nah, he was about getting paid. <laughs> yeah, he was. You see right? all the commercials he does still? Oh, the my general God. and all that stuff. Come on, that guy sponsors more things than any other athlete I think I've ever. And seen. I don't. I'm not mad at him for it. I'm not. I mean, don't take that as hate. I'm just saying that's not Shaq. He's yeah, I know. Not... If you can do it, why not? Right? I mean, yeah, hell, exactly. <laughs> throw me some money. I'll sponsor something. That's not even including his acting that he does on the side. Uh, yeah, just yeah, just Kirby so enthusiasm. Oh, was, was he in that show? Enthusiasm. Yeah, early yeah, days. He got tripped. Remember by uh, yeah. Larry David and they, what did he? Oh no! Spoiler they, alert! Did, I'm on season one. 
<laughs> Did they say he tore his ACL or something? Something like that, yeah. And he's like laying up in bed, and and I guess Shaq was a big like Seinfeld fan, so he brought like all the episodes, and then it right. turned out the diagnosis was wrong or something, but somehow it flipped back on Larry David like it always does. But it was it was a good episode. Yeah. That's a well, long I mean, time great. ago though. Yeah, hey, I love when I see, you see Larry David sitting courtside, and you're just like, "Watch your feet." Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys been? Uh, are there? You guys brought up TV shows. Are there any shows that you guys watching right now, catching up on? Man, I've run I mean, out. quite a few. Oh, there's there's a million of them. Name them. Not a million, but name some. <laughs> I was watching Survivor with my my daughter last night. And we, yeah, I was, I turned to her and I said, they're probably going to have to do the, the, the finale, which is in front of a live audience. They're probably going to have to do that in an empty, empty room. It's just going to be the contestants. And if that, <laughs> it's, <weird>. it's like, <laughs> uh, so weird. I was actually, let's see, random stuff. I was watching, uh, kidding on Showtime, which is a Jim Carrey vehicle, uh, which, uh, is kind of sad, but it's also entertaining, uh, I can't watch depressing stuff, man. <laughs> it is yeah. a little bit, yeah. It's a little dark. Uh, uh, but I mean, there's, there's, you know, I always I recommend to people if if you haven't seen shows, watch Fleabag. That's Fleabag amazing. Fleabag is amazing. Yeah, I love Fleabag. Uh, well, because I'm I'm English, right? So that humor is it's like my whole family. The first <laughs> the first person I re- reached out to after watching one episode, I said, "It's my mom." I'm like, "Mom, you have." To share this with your sisters, with yeah. all my aunts, because the humor is just hilarious, and it's like twenty-minute episodes, right? And oh yeah, whenever by, I go on a, a plane, I watch it again. <laughs> oh, it's classic. But a Better Call Saul, I just finished. Oh, I just finished. Season, watch that episode. Oh, season, what an awesome, well-written show. Yeah, I love that show. I haven't watched it yet this season, but I'm I'm caught up up until this season. Oh, this show is, uh, this season is interesting. I just watched the 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 most recent episode yesterday. Very interesting. It's uh, is it? It's uh, season five, right now. I want to say it's season four. Well, but I it might be five. I don't know. Four. Time has passed by so quickly. I think I Netflix know. is like a season behind, right? Mm-hmm. They're not current, obviously. But uh, yeah. I think it was season four that they had on there. But I could be wrong. No, you're right. You're right. Wrong. It is season five right now. You're right. Okay, I, cool. I, my, I'm pretty diverse. I've been watching like they they revived Clone Wars, the Star Wars cartoon, or I don't know if cartoons. Uh, I haven't watched that yet. Series. But I will. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife and I, she want she we shotgun together the was it the Love Is Blind on Netflix, which was just oh insanity. no, you gave into that. <laughs> oh, I I watch all that kind of stuff. My wife likes that <laughs> stuff, and my kids like that stuff. So I'll... he's married, man. <laughs> you gotta give him a break. <laughs> That's it's true. A give That's and take. True. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, entertaining stuff. It's not. It's ridiculous. You know, they watch The Bachelor and all that. I didn't. I didn't. I only saw little bits of The Bachelor uh, this season. But every so often, I'll catch some of that with them. I have a list of movies here that I haven't watched yet, uh, that I'm going to get judged pretty heavily for. But I need to know which one I should watch first. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, should that list includes Inception? Never. You seen haven't it. seen Inception? No. Oh man. Hmm. That's got to be like 10 years old now. Oh, it, the list gets way better. Hold on. Super bad. Dude. Hold on. Come it on. gets better. It gets better. The Joker. Okay. I haven't so seen that one yet. 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> that's classic. Bro. What were you doing? That's like a 40-year-old movie now. <laughs> yeah. And, and then Step Brothers was the last. Step Brothers? Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Oh, oh my is. god. Uh, I mean, uh, like, uh, step, <laughs> uh, in, which one? I mean, I would probably see forty year old version, version, version first. I love Super. Uh, Inception is fun. It's neat. It's kind of a puzzle, and it does or doesn't make sense depending on your point of view. Uh, hmm. It's definitely watchable and entertaining. I mean, this is what you know what we have to do here. I'm working, and I've got. It's just nice to catch up on stuff in the background. But that's not right. a show you can like. I can watch some of these shows with my wife with while working, and the TV's on. But Inception, that's like something you really gotta. You gotta watch to. every bit. To yeah, you gotta be focused. What's going on? I bet you that's gonna be not a great rewatchable for people these days because of the attention. You have to be completely focused on it. Can't play with your phone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like two and a half hours, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a long one, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, honorable mentions, I didn't even mention, like The Revenant, uh, Life of Pi, Wolf of Wall Street. The uh, Revenant, no. Revenant wasn't good? Well, I mean, it's good, like, visually, but... It's one of those movies you watch once and you never watch it again. You're like, hmm. okay, he got a, he got an Oscar for this. I want to see why. And you watch it and then you're like, okay, I will never watch that movie again. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, have you seen that movie? I, I have not seen The Revenant. Uh, no. I, I, I don't know if I will. If it's on one day, if it just randomly pops up on TV. But that's not even how we watch TV anymore, right? Like, so that's true. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't. You you mentioned uh you mentioned Star Wars Clone Wars. Um did you watch all nine movies? I did watch all yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The last what yeah. did you think of the last trilogy? Of so I saw I'm old enough to have seen Star Wars, the original one, in the theater. I was very young, just a little mm-hmm. kid. Uh but it obviously made an impact. I remember waiting and in nineteen eighty went and saw Empire and Jedi. Those were, you know, Empire's the best. Star Wars, A New Hope, and then you get to the the prequels, and I rewatched them. Well, I haven't finished yet, but I rewatched the first prequel, and then I think I got halfway through the second one, and then just got too busy. I'll probably revisit that, but oh my god, I mean, like I went in there with a very open mind and wanting to say, like, okay, you know, maybe it was bad because everyone had high expectations, but man, it, it's it's pretty bad. There's some real legit bad stuff, and, and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm like. Bad. I wanted to really be like, oh, everyone, you know, there was some stuff in there, just writing and just conceptually. Uh, I actually, and then I haven't gotten to the third one again, the, you know, the first, the first trilogy, sorry, the prequel, the third one, which is supposed to be the best of it. And I've seen it a couple times, but it's been a real long time. I think that's the best of them. Then this, I, I actually don't hate the the most recent trilogy as much as a lot of people did. I thought that the first one was, uh, you know, like a B. Uh, I thought the second one in stretches were was an A, but overall was probably like a C minus or D plus. Uh, probably like a C minus. I'm probably that's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. But there were parts of it that were very good. It's just I thought it it tonally and and conceptually they just sort of there wasn't the through line. It wasn't a a, a well conceived trilogy. It was more of three different movies. Although one and three really work together and then three kind of answer some of the problems of number two there's a little bit of you know recomposing some of the stories you know retrofitting it so to speak uh retconning it to make it all work and make sense i liked the third one i enjoyed it i i know the flaws in it and i i was able to come out of it with it some people felt like it negated the storyline of the whole 
first six movies, but uh, I look at it as like there, there's a, a, a six-part story and this is like the epilogue. And it was a good epilogue. It just wasn't great. And let's not forget that the first trilogy was pretty crappy too. Do you know what put me off the, the last three altogether? Was Princess Leia doing her Peter Pan act in space. That was just yeah. like, yeah. what the hell is going on? I laughed. I was in the theater and I laughed. I'm like, I laughed at that. And then the Revenge of the Sith when uh, Darth Vader comes off of the thing and he's going, no. I laughed that at that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, was but it was so, so bad. bad. It was good. It was so bad. It was good. It was so, so it's cheesy. Gener- it is generational, I think. Like, I know there's a certain generation that grew up with the, the, the first, the, the prequels, me. right? And, oh, no, no. That, that's Tomer. I'm the right. one that grew and up so, with the other ones. Right. Like, if you Same grew up you. with the first trilogy, the actual you know, original Star Wars trilogy, everything else pales, and probably rightfully so. But... Uh, when you, if you grew up, by the time you got, you, you were too young to really understand the first movie, and you were probably young enough where you know the pod racing was entertaining, which to me it's it's exhausting, right? But <laughs> maybe when you're so young, that was like entertaining. But by the time you get to the third one, you know it was dark. It, it, it's a it it's a good antihero movie, and yeah, I could see where you're going with that. It didn't bother me as much. Uh, I didn't laugh at that, but yeah, the they did the Leia, in technically was as powerful if not more powerful than Luke in in canon at this point like she was someone who had she had full training would have been a very powerful Jedi and in theory she did get training at least if you know spoiler alert they showed a, a clip or two in the in the last movie where she's getting trained by Luke so yeah but it did look a lot like Mary Poppins absolutely oh it's just it was so I, I out. she I just needed an the, umbrella and I, and yeah that, it, 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 it was weird were, I, there were problems in the second film, for sure. No, I grew up on the I grew up on the the, the second trilogy, the the uh, prequel, the Anakin one, the prequels. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I didn't necessarily like them, but I didn't necessarily hate them either. Like the the, the first trilogy, the, the the originals were 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 are still the best, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Um, All right. Well, like no, even considering my age, like I consider them the best. But well, um, episode. Episode three, technically, where they have the big battle and Darth Vader comes out. I actually really like that episode. I didn't really have many problems with it. Um, yeah, no, I enjoyed that one as well. Yeah. And there, you know, there are flaws that we could point out, but I think by and large, by and large, it was successful. Uh, more so, far more so than the first couple, and in a lot of ways, more successful than this last trilogy. I, I haven't ranked everything yet. I I did watch also. Uh, I, I got through the Rebels. Uh, cartoon or cartoon oh, animated series. Uh, I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. I, it starts out kind of uh, cute to a degree, and I thought it added depth as it as it went. And then I I had seen Clone Wars, but it's been a while. So while I'm catching up with the most recent episodes, I actually started it over, and that's that's more something I do while I'm working. Uh, and then every so often there'll be an episode that'll grab my full attention. Uh, but yeah, we, we have a little bit more time. I, every, every week I just clear out all of the games and things that I had to do out of my schedule. So it's, uh, yeah, we, we, I, I'm still very busy and I'm using my time well, but we do have a little bit more time to catch up on things like that. Do you know what's an underrated Star Wars movie that we didn't even mention is, uh, Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was really good. It was fantastic. 
Yep. It was yep. the first. I like they didn't shy away from the ending. I didn't. They yeah, didn't make I was it a, say, a happy it was ending sad just ending, to make yeah. it a happy ending. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I saw the solo movie one time. I, I'd like to see it again at some point to see. I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Uh, I'd like to just remind myself. And then I think we're forgetting one other. Uh, I don't know. I think we've left out one. But yeah, Rogue One was definitely high quality. The Han Solo movie? The There's a lot. I don't know. There's a lot of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to watch the cartoon soon, though. Um, Eric, uh, anything else to add? I think we're pretty much good unless you guys want to add anything else um i enjoyed the star wars talk i haven't had a star wars talk in a while <laughs> yeah well really just i, I do out. play a, a star wars video game a mobile game on my phone star wars galaxy of heroes so uh that's my keeps my mind uh, at peace during uh it's a daily thing so but do you play check it out if you have a moment do you play other video games ps4 uh i'll play marvel strike force which is on my phone as well I used to play a few more, but yeah, well, just because I don't have the time to sit in front of a console. Uh, Mm -hmm. Growing up, that's you know, that's that's how I grew up. You know, back in the old days, you know, with like the original gaming, home gaming consoles and stuff. Mm -hmm. I went through all of them, more or less. You know, Atari, uh, (laughs) wow, Intellivision, ColecoVision, GameCube, Nintendo. You know, Super Nintendo, all that stuff. Wow, can't go wrong with COD though. I love COD. That's the only game I play. I used to play 2K. I just don't play that as much anymore. But I'll play blacktop with my daughter and and one of my well one of my daughters especially, but a couple of them will play some on the blacktop on on NBA 2K. I still struggle to beat them. It's it's very frustrating. <laughs> you believe all these players though? That's like all they're doing right now. They're all gaming. They're all streaming. They're all yeah. streaming their games. I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, what else are you gonna do when you're well, a they're player? A lot. They're teenagers are young in their young twenties. That's what most people of that age do for fun anyway. Yeah. And they just happen mm-hmm. to be athletes and make a certain amount of money, but they're still you And know, probably still get paid to do this as well. Probably get paid yeah, more smart. than we do to to play video games. Yeah, Dude, I'd say that's yeah. fair. That's probably fair, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It's a I'm great go, way to grow their brand. Too. Cry now. Yeah. I mean I just can't believe how many of them are doing it. I mean what Caruso's <laughs> doing it. JaVale McGee's doing it. Paul George is doing it, right, Tamer? Yeah, yeah, PG's doing it. Devin Booker's doing it. It's to the point now where, I mean, it was, it was announced today that players are not allowed to basically go to the facility. They're basically forced to be stuck at home, and if they're going to work out, it better be at home. And, I mean, damn, I'd, I'd be playing video games too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like totally. It'd yeah. be insane. And we've had some rain lately, so it, it hasn't been easy to even work outside. So Yeah, if you're in yep. L.A., no, not easy. Um. Eric, where can people find you? Uh, well, uh, I'll be home for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my address. <laughs> where can people physically find you? <laughs> uh, but if you want to actually see what I'm doing, it's uh, best to follow me on Twitter at Eric, E-R-I-C, Pink is P-I-N-C-U-S, and I write for Bleach Report, Basketball Insiders, do a podcast called Hollywood Hoops every Tuesday. Uh, and on occasion when there's actually an NBA, I, I will appear on NBA TV here and there, but uh, I don't think I'm going to be traveling to Atlanta anytime soon. Yeah, back when the NBA returns, you'll see Eric Pinkus on NBA TV. You're mostly, uh, what do you do, free agency stuff, trade deadline specials, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, free agency especially. I've done the draft for them. I've done some trade deadline. Uh, whenever they need someone to try to explain what is actually happening from a, you know, a, a money point of view, which is a lot of times the case, uh, that's where I 
can step in and at least add some level of educated thought. The very knowledgeable Eric Pincus. Um, as usual, you can find Ryan Ward, uh, Lakers guy, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Ryan Ward LA. Uh, not much going on, but he's coming up with stuff somehow. I don't know. Maybe I got to get on that too. Um, you can follow me at Tomera Zarly. That's T O M E R A Z A R L Y on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, try to come up with some Clipper stuff to keep guys, keep people entertained. I don't know if it'll, it'll work well, but we'll see. Probably got to catch up on those movies. Probably got to watch what is it? Super Bad, Step Brothers, Forty Year Old Virgin. Yes, see Book Smart as well. I like Book Smart. Book Smart. Okay, I'll add that to the list. Book Smart. Uh, Can't end this you- without at least one quote from Step Brothers, though. Just one. This house is a fucking prison. <laughs> I wish I knew what that meant, but I have no clue. Uh, it's the house of learned doctors. <laughs> it applies to. Uh, You'll know now. Situation. You'll know now. Yeah, it it does apply. That's true. Real. Uh, gotta watch. Usual, it. That's gotta uh, be your first one. Please. Okay, I'll, it'll be my first one. Step brothers. Okay. Um, please leave us a five star review wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Google Play, uh, Spotify, iHeart. Um, any comments, questions, cons- any comments, questions, suggestions, or concerns, shoot it over to us in the reviews and on Twitter. We're open to all of it. And um, yeah, as usual, find us on Clutch Points and Blue Wire Networks. Uh, Eric, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. I hope you uh, have a healthy, safe quarantine period or self isolating period, whatever you want to call it. Um, to all of your fan out there, please don't hoard the toilet paper. Um, old people need it, other people need it. You don't need that much toilet paper. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next episode. See you later. All right. Thanks for having me.